Welcome to the Write Good Books podcast, the audio companion to writegoodbooks.com with your host, Jason Boga. Hello, world. We're back at the podcast. Last week, we talked about stuff that made us happy, and it made me happy. And this week, we're going to talk about bad things, but not like you think. I want to talk about like bad things that happen to characters. So tragedy, death, how they affect character arcs, and when is it too much of a bad thing, if that makes any sense at all to those of you still listening. I'm here with Scott, holding his breath as I stutter. And I'm a bad thing. No, wait. This was your idea, so I'm going to make you talk. Fair enough. So we were doing our our pre-recording ritual here, and we were talking about how certain things pulled off tragedies well. Yeah. And and so that's kind of what we got started on. And and I think today we're going to mainly focus on, you know, that type of thing well. Having tragedy that's meaningful for the plot, for the character, for something, and not just bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. You know, having it be a useful tool in your writer's toolbox using tragedies and crises all of that type of stuff. Yeah, it's it's like I've got a lot of writer friends and a lot of them talk about how they take pleasure in torturing their characters. But I always feel like saying, you know, torturing your characters for the sake of torturing them doesn't accomplish anything at all. You know, torture, putting your characters through tragedy needs to be part of their overlying story arc. If you're killing for the sake of killing your an evil dictator. You're not a professional author. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and let's let's clarify mm-hmm. another thing too. It's like there's a whole genre about things being dark. It's grim, dark fantasy. We acknowledge that exists, and some great authors doing it. J.R.R. Martin, Joe Abercrombie. We're not saying that is bad. Again, they're doing it for reasons. Okay. See, I I'm part of the one percent. I've never watched Game of Thrones or read George R. R. Martin, Martin, but I assume from hearing people talk, he basically introduces you a character, gets you attached to the character, kills the character in a painful way for no reason, and then moves on to another character. Well, and here's the thing, though. Am I wrong about the no reason? You're wrong about the no reason. Okay. Because he's setting things up to show. This world that we are going to explore is cruel, and you have to be able to handle that as a person living there. Okay. Right? And as a person reading? Well, that's personal taste. (laughs) Here's the thing. He's getting you to know that person. It's not person enters in paragraph one. Mm -hmm. We know nothing about them, maybe not even their name, and they are cut to ribbons. Okay. Right? You have some emotional attachment, and therefore... You have an emotional reaction when that character dies. Okay. You know, to, to scale back yeah. 30 or 40 years uh, in, in Stephen King's The Stand, he took, there was one chapter in, a, in the middle where he did that. He just introduced character after character, kind of showed you a little bit about their backstory, how they were dealing with the plague, and then they died. Yep. And uh, it was one of my favorite parts of that book, so... I guess I have a little bit of this in me as a fanboy, too. Yeah, but the, okay. those tragedies, mm-hmm. those quote-unquote bad things, show you the world you are reading about is mm-hmm. cruel and death could happen. Okay. So your main character is not guaranteed to get through this book. 
Okay. So that's what I think that's where we're trying to get at. Is there is a meeting? Yeah. For these tragedies. And I think we've said this on a previous thing. You need conflict in your story for it to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It can't be all bright and sunshiny because then that's there there's a certain audience for that, probably. But there needs to be some sort of conflict so there can be some sort of growth or resolution. But uh, one thing, you know, I've read some pieces where it is tragedy upon tragedy upon crises about tragedy. And there's no moment in that manuscript that I've read that says, this is who this person is. This is why we should care they're going through all this. This is a two-dimensional character who's going through a lot of bad things. There's no reason for me to care. There's nothing for me to latch on to to get that emotional reaction. So even if the character survives it or overcomes the challenges... Doesn't matter. I I don't know anything about that Mm -hmm. person. The tragedies don't show any growth as a character. There's no character arc. There, There doesn't seem to be a plot point. It's internally inconsistent. And so those are the things we're hoping that people can see. Oh, why am I putting my characters through a ringer? Is it to advance a plot? Is it to show it's a cruel world? Is it to show a character arc for another character? It's like this: these two people had a relationship, something bad happens to one. It's got to affect the other person. Both people will be affected in some way, one more emotionally than another. If they, they both aren't affected, what does that tell us? You know, there needs to be consequences for these things. Yeah. Uh, and that's, write all the grimdark you want, but make sure that you're doing it with consequences and emotional attachment to something. Yeah. That, that, that's my rant. <laughs> well, mine, mine is kind of crisis after crisis after crisis. You need some sort of payoff. And even if it's mm-hmm. not a payoff for the character who's victim of this, you still need some sort of payoff. Or why is it there? Yeah. You know, if it's to show how cruel a character or a setting can be, I guess that's a world-building tool. And also, I guess, you know, in real life, there's people who are born into bad situations and live their life that way and die early, and it's it's horrible, and I don't want to be reminded that when I read fiction. Yeah. And even of that, let's say that is your message. Mm-hmm. The tragedies that this character goes through show us how that affects them. Show that character yeah. having to deal with it emotionally, rationally. Have it's not just like wow, things were really bad, aren't they? So what? Give yeah. us some emotional depth to a character that's going through all that. And in the the, the grim dark, that what it's grim called? dark fantasy. Grim dark fantasy. You get grim dark other things. But sure. It's so fantasy. let's say it's grim dark cyberpunk. Okay. I don't know. Steampunk. Is steampunk still a thing? It few, could be. A few years ago, I couldn't go anywhere without hearing about steampunk. You couldn't throw a gear without hitting a wit. I don't know. A, a blimp of some sort. Not making fun of the steampunk writers. Oh, I, I, there's some steampunk stuff I've loved reading, so. Huh. I, I liked Final Fantasy. There's a little bit of that in those. We digress. Yes. <laughs> so, you have a grimdark fantasy world where you show babies getting tortured or whatever happens that makes the world a horrible, horrible place. You know, you can use that to build empathy and get your audience to root for the characters who are trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Use bad things to bring about good things if that's 
what you're hoping to accomplish in your your novel. Yeah, and, and I and correct me if if I'm speaking out of turn on this, but you know you could have a really dark story and a really dark world and lots of bad things happening. We're not saying don't do that ever. Right. What we're saying is, give us those moments where it shows plot progression, character growth, character change. Maybe even, you know, maybe there is still a little bit of humor because then that offsets the really bad stuff and shows that comparison of just how bad things could be. Because you lose that desensitization, right? You show a little bit of hope and then have it taken away. That's a lot more powerful emotionally than just things are always bad and I'm used to things being bad. Yeah, it, it also adds realism. And man, that, that is a thing. That, that's a powerful tool. You show how bad the world is. You show a couple of characters who can cope with it and enjoy the bits and pieces they can and then have the bad come and get them and crush them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's easier for you to empathize with one person's pain than it is for a whole world's pain. Right. So, for sure. I wonder why that is. Because the, the numbers are just overwhelming to yeah. us logically but we understand how one person could be yeah. you know or even a small group and, and again write the dark stuff if that's what what you feel like you want to write or that's the message you want to do yeah. but have that tragedy conflict death despair all of that stuff have the effects of that shown not even have that mean something yeah. but have those effects get shown to the person that you're, the character's world. Because then that, if you're trying to say the world is awful and this is my message in this book, go ahead and write that book. But have us feel how miserable it is as opposed to just describing atrocities. Show those atrocities being done to a family. Right? Yeah. I, now, here's the thing. I'm not going to enjoy reading that book. You probably have a great message. I'm not your audience. <laughs> Just say that out front, but if you're going to do it, do it well. Yeah. And have some, get the emotional response that you could if you're going to use that type yeah. of tactic. I, I still feel all torture in fiction needs to be done for a purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Saw series, lots of torture, but it's got a message to it. Cherish your life. Seriously. Yeah, and I think that's what makes some of these darker stories <laughs> still important to us. Yeah. You know, this is why we still read, like I said, George R. R. Martin has this reputation of, of doing those type of things. But there are things that are being done because it gets the emotions going, right? Joe Ambergrombie, he's doing the things he does because it gets those emotions going. It's not just randomness, mm-hmm. not usually. Yeah. It, there are things being done. It's still a grim world. It's still a dark world. But there's that emotional attachment that you get. And then the pain seems more powerful when it does come. So as we are often doing, we'll refer to other forms of media. Mm-hmm. Comic books currently are that for me in many cases. Mm-hmm. It's big event, big event, big event, world changing, world changing, world changing we don't get a chance to see how those changes affect the characters in those stories or the worlds in those stories. It's just, we're going from one big cataclysm to one big cataclysm to one big cataclysm, and it, it becomes boring. 
Yeah. It becomes, well, how are you going to not have any characterization because it's all about the end of the world? <laughs> Stakes yeah. are too, too high too often. It's not interesting anymore. I like high stakes, but I, I get what you're saying for sure. I will say in Avengers Endgame, they did do a little bit of really showing the aftermath of the events from Infinity War. But So I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. I will, but I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. You know, I've, I've only seen a couple of that whole MCU, but I sure loved it. So <laughs> you don't have to see them all. I don't think anyone can live long enough to see them all. There's like a million of them. I'm working on it. <laughs> but then again, you know, here's the story. You know, in what? Infinity Wars, half, half the population yeah. vanishes. Talk about cataclysm. Yeah. But it has power to it because in the, that one, we're not just seeing the people who are affected about it, but we also have some insight on the person doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? At least it did in the comic book series that it was based on yeah, so long ago. And, you know, really well-written villain. Yeah. So I, I wonder, the, the idea of putting a character through a tragedy has been around for thousands of years. Oh, it's part I, part of, you know, ancient it, Greek yeah, plays. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's, you know, it's definitely a an effective tool. <laughs> I don't claim to be a biblical scholar, but I've watched enough South Park to know... <laughs> <laughs> to, to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they, they bring up the book of Job and they name, name all these horrible things that happened to this guy. And, yeah. You know, and, and I believe that... Uh, well, no, I really have nothing to say about it. It just reminded me of it. <laughs> but it <laughs> are, are you trying to say that we can't remove tragedy from literature because it's part of... You know, the, I mean, it, it has been part... And, you know, and it's a great tool for character building and... But you do see it misused or, or not used effectively. There was a, oh, in the late 90s, there was a, that prison show on HBO, Oz. The, there was a oh. character in it that was pretty much the main character. And in, I don't know if it went three to five seasons, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't but it was, you know, just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happened to this character. And, uh, you know, the last episode or two, you think he gets out on parole and he ends up back in the system. And it's like, the, if the whole series seemed like it was supposed to be about his redemption but then it wasn't and yeah. that was my biggest complaint with the wrestler uh with mickey oh, Rourke. The, movie, the wrestler yeah, yeah i was like they they advertise it like it's his redemption and then there's no redemption i was just like i felt ripped off leaving that movie yeah and i've got an opinion on darren aronofsky films just mm-hmm. in general it seems to be his M.O., right? He leaves things open to interpretation at the end. Oh, yeah. You know, how you interpret it, like uh, Black Swan and The Wrestler, you know, it seems to be one of his things, yeah. like M. Night Shyamalan's... <laughs> I'm sorry, I could not enunciate properly today. Uh, the allergies. The twists are always expected in his movies Right, now. and they're forced now because they're so expected. And Yeah, sorry. Damn. Yeah, but... There is, and I think that is just a particular taste of of media consumption. Some people love that. There are other readers or moviegoers that want some sort of closure at the mm-hmm. end. I, I'm with you. I prefer just a, a little bit of closure in most pieces, um, especially movies. I, I just tend to prefer closure on those. But that that's just me. Yeah. 
But again, even in that movie, The Wrestler, mm-hmm. right? There are downs, a lot of downs, mm-hmm. but then there are some positives. Things look to be picking up bits and pieces, and then a bigger a tragedy, right? Yeah. But it's this up down up down cycle, which makes those downs feel even worse. If there was no you know, small moments of, of real life. Yeah. Well, in that movie, you know, he's making peace with his daughter, and then he blows her off. Yep. And and things like that. Yeah. He, he's getting. He's got a steady employment, and then he he. Well, yeah. the delicatessen yeah. right? You know, he thinks he's getting cleaned up, and then he stumbles yeah. again. I think that's a really good use of that tragedy because there are those moments where it looks hope is there, yeah, and then those tragedies are even more painful to watch. Yeah, so that's good and bad. Right. That, that, that's kind of where, where I'm going. Yeah. And it, you're following this one guy, and you're seeing, okay, it's not happening to him, these are choices he's making in many cases. And that's a whole other different thing. There's a lot of things where he, if he had something in him to make a different choice, mm-hmm. some of those things could have been averted, but he didn't. It was a choice. And so that t- tells us more about him, you know, the character of what, Randy the Ram? Randy the Ram. You know, that tells us something about him. It shows us his world. In this case, a lot of what's happening, part of it is happening to him, Part of it is happening because of his choices. I think there's a whole moral in that type of thing. Yeah, and that is a little different than putting your character through tragedy after tragedy when the character is bringing that tragedy on. Yeah, but I think that's a great way of showing tragedy. This character made a mistake, Mm -hmm. and now here's the consequences. That type of thing is a whole lot more interesting. Uh, I think it's just so our regularly scheduled pro wrestling reference is a little different twist on it. <laughs> okay, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I think to wrap things up. Yes. Tragedy, crises, cataclysm, death, etc. Those are all <laughs> tools in the author's toolbox. But you got to know how to use them and how to build around them to ha- give them the best effect or the desired effect in whatever it is that you're crafting. Just throw them in there just to have them in there. Doesn't help you as much. Or to increase word count. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, make sure. Yeah, okay. I need another thousand words. Earthquake cabins. Yeah. (laughs) Fun stuff. Or not fun stuff, I guess, if you're... (laughs) Not fun stuff if you're the character. (laughs) Okay. Well, awesome. I think we are at uh, at the stopping point then, so... If you'd like to support us, check us out at patreon.com slash writegoodbooks. If you'd like to leave some feedback, visit us on the web at writegoodbooks.com slash podcast. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. See ya.